a story I told years ago in reference to families. But I want to bring it out here was a, because I'm going to be dealing with this type of an age bracket with young people and parents and how a young man went back and he had a shirt and he took it back to the store where it had been purchased. And he says, I want to return this shirt. You know, pretty nice looking shirt. He says, because my parents like it. <laughs> you know, none of the parents I can really be happy. Can't be together. I want to return it because my parents like it. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're going to be dealing with conflicts here today between teenagers, hallelujah, and their parents. Praise God. On this corner. Uh, aye, aye, aye. Luke chapter 2, verse 41. Every year, his what? Went to Jerusalem for the Feast of the Passover. Let, just, let me just make mention here that they went, there's a reason for that. Every year, every year they went. The parents went. According to law, according to scripture, only the father was required to go back. Only the adult male was required to go back. The whole family didn't have to go. The, the mother didn't have to go. The wife did not have to go. The spouse, only the father was required. But it says there every year the whole family went. Thank God for the family coming to church. I should read, every week the whole family came to church. Hallelujah. Uh, they were brought up in the admonition of the Lord. Verse 42. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. After the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy stayed behind in Jerusalem. But they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their what? They traveled on for a day. Then they began to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, in the King James translation, for those of you that have King James, says what? What's the first word instead of son? Child. Uh, see, she was from Oakland. Child. Uh, now, he was getting ready to become an adult. From the age of 12 to 13, they become adults. But already, uh, my dad had a saying, Chico Ibotón. In other words, I was already, you know, and still they'd call me, Mijo. I'm not Mijo. I got three girlfriends. <clears throat> uh, ever been like that? I'm not a Mijo. Well, she was belittling him a little bit. We'll find out why in just a little bit. Child, she says, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went out of Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And this is the key verse we're going to dissect here in just a little bit. And Jesus grew in four areas. In wisdom, in stature, in favor with God, and also in favor with men. Father, I pray you would utilize this half hour as we be prepare for our pictures and our prayers of our families. Nine o'clock was such a powerful service. So intimate. A simple sermon, yet a powerful presence. Lord God, that you, your heart was here. Even during the picture taken, Lord God, how you moved there as well. We honor you and we bless you, Lord God. May this be proved to be no different, the 11 o'clock service. We honor you and we bless you. We ask you to gather, remember members of households. I ask it in your name, Jesus, and we give you the glory. Everybody together set? Yeah. And shake one another's hand one more time prior to your being seated.
Shake a few hands. The family was the unit that Almighty God chose to prepare Jesus, his son, for life. And that's always the case here with all of humanity. Here at the age of 12 years old, we find Jesus missing for three days. The family is in fear. The Bible says in anguish. There's a lot of, they're torn in their hearts. Man, what's happening with our, with our child? Now, in my own personal life, I have three incidents and involving all three of my children being lost. My first one was my daughter in Disneyland. Some of you have heard that story before. Wow, that was the first one. She liked Pluto more than her parents. Uh, she was in, and she lost, and she, we, we lost her. We, and man, for about half an hour, I was like, oh, no. You know, and thank God that was Disneyland. It wasn't in the neighborhood. Uh, and we found her. She was in lost and found <laughs> with crayons. I'll never forget that. Remember, Josie, I'll never forget. I found her. Oh, my golly. It was heavy. My heart was, it was like, my, I was frozen in time. If it's, if it's ever happened to you. Then Esteban, when we were living in Fremont, he got a bike. Oh, oh, and every day, can I ride in the front? Can I ride in the front? The backyard's not big enough. Can I ride in the front? Can I ride in the front? Finally, we, you know, the mother gave in. <coughs> Said, okay, but you stay right here where we can see you. That lasted for about two and a half minutes. Then, you know, every time he'd go this way, he'd go farther. Every time he'd go this way, he'd go farther, go farther, go farther. Finally, he found a cul-de-sac and an eight-year-old basketball game. But we didn't know that. We went hither and thither, everywhere looking for him. I mean, my heart, again, oh, Jesus. Uh, and even his sister was trying to help out. Oh, where could he be? And, oh, we're already thinking he'd hit the bike, looking for the bike he's kidnapped. Oh, what's happening over here? This is not Disneyland, you know? I already, I did. I said, I'll never buy milk again, you know? <clears throat> <coughs> His face is going to come out in one of those cartons, you know. Oh, Jesus. I was scared. I was like, like right here, astonished and fearful and torn apart. Uh, then, during Eddie and Thalia's wedding rehearsal, some of you were private to that at the party. Uh, they went and had rehearsal. And I got there. I was preaching someplace. I got there a little bit late. But when I get there, I'm looking and, you know, they're not. So I go to the party where they're meeting at. And, at, at Victor, and, uh, Victor and Patricia's house were there and we're checking everything out. And then all of a sudden I said, but where's Valentina? You know, she's usually around the food. <laughs> There's food, but no Valentina. Or the TV, no Valentina. Her two favorites, food and, and you know, Disney Channel. <clears throat> and we went back. We, op we turned on the, you know, looking inside a big sanctuary, no Valentina. And finally, some guy said, she was asleep right there. That's her third favorite thing. Uh, she wasn't there. What ended up happening is, is she was waiting out. She woke up, and she was out front, and finally she just launched out on her own and started walking down Redwood Boulevard. And when she got to Castro Valley Boulevard, she didn't know. We, we were living in a like in makeshift kind of a place at that time. We didn't have a place to stay. We were just living there for about three, four months. And she didn't know how to get there. She knew it was one way or another. It was either that way, that way, or this way. She chose that way where there's hardly any lights. And thank God, Pastor Al was one of the best men. Man, is he a good guy. 
uh, they picked a good best man because he was the best man at that time. He found her. Uh, and it was a real dangerous place where he, where he found her. Uh, and man, my, my heart was, all three of them, as soon as I found them, I said, oh, thank God. But then all three times I said, where were you? Where are you? Uh, see, sometimes love comes out, you know, through complaints and criticism. But a lot of times teenagers don't understand that. They take that as an attack. They do. They take it as an attack. Uh, where were you? <laughs> uh, they think you're attacking them. You're criticizing, you're being, you're, you're concerned, you're compassionate, but they don't understand that. Uh, and so they, they think you're attacking them. Now, Mary and Joseph, they brought up their children, Jesus especially, in the midst of their family. Okay? And what happens here with him is he's missing, but it says there three days later, because a caravan... What they did there, and it's easy to assess, they went a day's journey, but they were with, they were with family, their relatives, it says there. And usually when you're with your, your relatives, you, you, you think you're going to be okay. But when it came dinner time, they looked at the dinner table at nighttime, and Jesus wasn't around. So they, so they got to go another day's journey back to Jerusalem and then look for him. Looking all out for him. And what does the mother say? The very same thing. Where were you? What happened? Yes, she did love him. Ah. Uh, but Jesus, he was fully human, and he belonged to a very human family. Matter of fact, it was a blended family. Many of you belong to blended families. You know, you're married in. Well, he, was, he belonged to a blended family as well. And there was tension in this family. I've said before, the only body without tension is a corpse. You're going to have tension. Even, let me just say here, because this is rather heavy. Jesus, in a sense, is telling her, don't you trust me? Uh, you ever had your teenagers tell you that? If you don't, get ready for it. Don't you trust me? Uh, it's the, it's the, you know, the, the generation gap, so to speak. It happens in every family, Christ's family included. Uh, now, to me, this is heavy because here we have probably the best parents of all time. The whole, God's not going to pick the worst parents. He picked the best parents, Joseph and Mary. And we have probably the best child of all time, Jesus. And yet they had tension in their family. So don't you think there's going to be tension in our family? Yes. Ah. If, if there was tension in the best parents of all time and the best child of all time, we are not any different as well. We're going to go through things. It's not going to be easy. Yet the family and the family life is what God chose to prepare Christ. Conflicts and all. He, he nourished Jesus in the family context. Family is of A1 importance. It's very super valuable. Families are foundational, not add-ons. That's very important what I'm saying here. In other words, you don't just add to Families are foundational. They're a part of the structure. They're, it's not something that you add on to it. No. Families are not trees because they don't grow fruit. Families are not shrubbery because they don't grow vegetables. Families are human, very human. They grow people. The most important commodity on this planet even your job, your career. I have a sermon one time, sometimes parents need a good kick of the career. Uh, no, your career, your work, your job, any organization, any institution, it's not going to last forever. It's going to pass away, but not people. People are eternal. They're forever. Now, here in this portion of Scripture here that we read, 
in Luke chapter 2, all right? Most people would agree that about the age of 12 is when young people begin to develop and cultivate a mind of their own, begin to get accountable. They start asking a lot of questions. How come? Why? Why can't I? Uh, and that's exactly what happened here with Christ, with Jesus. It's, it's a stage that we call the weaning process when they begin to, you know, they're growing up and all of a sudden here with Mary, I, I think she, she starts to understand that, hey, I'm not going to have him all the time. Someday he's going to go off to college. That's where I'm at right now with my two daughters. I said, you know, they're going to start going to college, Cal State Hayward. I didn't catch that one. God bless you. Uh, in other words, I want them to go to Cal State Hayward so they can stay at home. Uh, yeah, there's no more college. There's only Cal State Hayward's available. Uh, <clears throat> But I'm starting, I mean, my daughters are like, oh, I want to go to David. I want to go here. Wow. That's the point in place that Mary came to. Okay. She understood that she's not always going to have Jesus in her life. It's just a preparation period. Uh, and that's the case with all parents and, and their teenagers. When parent, parents realize that it's not going to be very long before their children are going to be gone someday. Uh, but, but until that day, uh, and until that time does arrive, parents, we're in for an emotional Bronco ride. O.J. Simpson, his Bronco had nothing on yours, your car. And that was quite a ride. Uh, but we're in for it. I mean, they're going to take us up and down and all kinds of different places. Uh, because parents, the children wanting to be, all of a sudden, if, if I was free, when I'm free, when I'm out there, I say, oh, Jesus. Uh, what are they going to do? How are they going to act? Um, but listen, lady, as long as you're still under my roof, hallelujah. Uh, we always throw that at them. Uh, see, the, the teenager wants to be able to abide on his own standards, deal with his own desires. Uh, now, when you're dealing with teenagers, it's, it's, like, it's a bronco ride. It's, it's the life of emotions. Say, for instance, the guy. His first girlfriend. He's on a high. Hi, hi. He tells everybody hi, 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 hi. You'll find out someday, George. Hi, 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 hi. You get all hi, hi, hi. That's prophetic. That's prophetic. Uh, hi. Remember when you were a teenager, you had your first girlfriend, you were like, you couldn't wait to get to school. Ah. Uh, Hallelujah. Hi, 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 hi. Then they break up. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. You go to school for me. I want to quit. But Mijo, you're only in seventh grade. I don't care. I can't make it without her. Uh, everybody's going to laugh at me. I got pimples. That's what you cut me. I got pimples. Clearasil, please. Uh, <clears throat> aye, aye, aye. <laughs> <clears throat> See, the teenage, <coughs> teenage years are all about changes. Jesus went through changes. And we're going to go through changes. People hate to go through changes. Uh, See, these will be the years where there's going to be a lot of hope. But by hope, I mean this. Hope in the negative sense. 
when you hope for better days. When boys for your daughter were only to play tag with, not house. You're like those kind of days. You're in, you're in, okay, yeah, but now they start playing house. Spin the what? Ah, <laughs> oh, ay, ay, ay. When you hope that they, they could hurry up and grow so they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't take you through all that madness. But that is not the real ideal way to, to deal with their adolescent years. Here's where you got to start communicating. When they can start talking to to, to, to adults, and hopefully the adult will be the parent. Where they can communicate with adults about the things that they're going through. They can, they can you know, uh, relay their struggles that they're going through, but hopefully they'll, they'll deal with somebody that struggled like they did, but went through it successfully like you did. Uh, when they'll talk about subjects such as sex. Sex? Sex? Come on. Ah, what have I said before? I'd rather you hear about sex behind, from behind the pulpit than from behind the backseat of a 57 Chevy. Baby, I think I love you. No, I know I love you. <laughs> Baby, nobody else makes me feel like this the way you make me feel. He likes me. He wants me. He said he'll be with me forever. A teenage boy's definition of forever is something else. Look it up in the teenage manual. You, haven't, you don't have the teenage dictionary. Uh, that forever is, you know, ay, ay, ay. That's a different story. Uh, he said he loved me, Mom. Ay, ay, ay. Cante no llores. Yes, you're going to cry. Uh, but, man, you know, it would be so much better if they would receive their sex education from Christian parents uh, and receive the, the, the real truth rather than that, un, you know, the secular mentality kind of filth, really. Uh, it's, it's so very vital, so very important with communication with our teenagers. Now, I want to give you four observations that we found here in Luke 2.52 regarding the teenage years of Jesus, Okay. And the first observation is found in verse 52 there. It says that Jesus grew in wisdom, which means intellect. Teenagers, it's important that they grow intellectually, uh, <clears throat> educationally, mentally. Now the word grow or grew in verse 52 has to do with, like I said earlier, changing. Jesus did go through changes. His body size, his mind, everything grew. His intellect and his emotions it's important, my friend, the teenagers come to realize that they're going to have to learn, like Jesus did, to grow <clears throat> intellectually. Uh, you know, the people that are going to be successful in life are the people that, that learn intellect. <clears throat> Man, when I was growing up, I, I was always out playing sports. I was always out doing stuff. A lot of people didn't hang out in the courts where I did, out in the streets where I did. But I've said it before. Almost all those people that didn't hang out there in the courts with me, out in the streets, they all have nice houses today. Real nice cars, even pretty wives. And they were ugly, most of them. Uh, but they got, I tripped. I said, my God, look at this guy. He got the head cheerleader. I like what Pastor Tony Guzman said. He says, when I, almost, he says when I was growing up, I almost dated a cheerleader. Pastor Tony says, I almost dated a cheerleader. Didn't quite get there. Uh, uh, but these guys, they, they studied. And it stands the reason for us as well. If you want to get ahead in, in life, get ahead in life. Uh, grow 
intellectually. It's important that our young people not just feed their minds with the, the, the trash of television and, and the easy in, entertainment of movies. It's important, my friend, that teenagers try and spend his or her time wisely. The book of Proverbs talks a lot about that. Uh, so Jesus, you know, like, like so many teenagers should as well, he grew in these four levels because he had good parents. His parents made sure that he grew as well. Now, personally with me, at this precise age is when my parents lost the fight for, for me. Because instead of telling me no and valuing no, they gave in. I wanted to go to the dances. I didn't even know how to dance. Oh, the twist was easy. Uh, anybody could do the twist. But I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Too easy. That was during, they had the mashed potatoes. Ooh, forget about it. Uh, that was all over, man. Uh, I needed three feet. <clears throat> but, I, but my parents gave in. <clears throat> I wanted a top coat. I wanted all the, the khakis and all that stuff. I uh, wanted, wanted to fit right in. Uh, but this is when they could have pulled the reins on me, but they didn't. They did not. They lost the battle for me, in a sense. Because my parents brought me up from the age of 5 to 12 as a Christian. But right around this age, right here. Uh, junior, why do you think I said 7th grade? High school, uh, the school dances. That's always a big one for us. You know how many phone calls we get every, every, every time around, around you know, the beginning of school? Uh, everybody, should we let our kids go to the dance? They want to go to the dance. Hey, they can dance every Wednesday night. The youth group. Uh, and the voyeur, the dances get even better. Hallelujah. Uh, but we offer alternatives here. Uh, good alternatives. I mean, and our young people dance before the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, they can get on fire for God. Wisdom was not a big goal or priority for me or for my parents at that time. But it should be for us as parents. Wisdom. Uh, see, in the teenage years, our youth are developing a belief system and a belief concept. And it's either church is going to be valuable to them, the things of God is going to be valuable to them, or it's not. And it should be very valuable. Things of God. Like I said, this is the alternative. Uh, you know, there is let your glory cloud fall down. You know, I like to pick good songs, like Dick Clark kind of songs. Uh, now, you know, American Bandstand. I like it because it got a good beat. So do I. I like, I, like, I like beat stuff, you know. Sometimes when they pick a new song, I, go, I, go, I come up to Veto and I say, I don't know about that one. I'll give it a three. <laughs> uh, then little by little it grows. And I go, oh, wow, not bad. Okay. Uh, but I like those can't miss tens. Uh, I got the victor living in me. I got the victor living in me. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, don't, uh, no, 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 no. I got the victor living in me. I got the, hallelujah. Uh, but that's what I like. We got to offer them alternatives. The spiritual stuff, wisdom. Then he grew, the Bible says, in stature, physically. Okay, and everybody's going to grow like that. I mean, physical means a lot to, to, to kids. But my, when I was young, man, I was the smallest kid, and, you know, but I grew. When I got ninth grade, all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, I had a chican. I was one of the biggest chicans around. See, look at this. Uh, tall all of a sudden. And close, oh, close. That means so much. Um, your, your kid changes his name from Mikey to Nike. I was mentioning in the first service how 
with my son, Estemak. We were out shopping someplace, and I love to shop. I can shop till I drop, and I don't drop too good. And I was like, you know, and he had some money. He had bucks. And I remember he went. This was many years ago, and he went and he got this shirt. I said, check it out, because it had a big check right here. That was when Nike was first coming out. And I'm like, you know, nice T-shirt. And he paid top dollar for that thing. I'm like, oh, Jesus, I didn't disciple this kid, you know. And he's, he says, Dad, I like this. Then he wore it to school. Cool at school. Uh, I remember when FUBU came out, I told him, Mijo, get FUBU. He goes, no, Dad, it's not in yet. I said, Mijo, it's going to hit. But he didn't listen to Dad. If he had listened to Dad, he'd have been real, real cool at school. Uh, then he went FUBU to FUBU, you know. Uh, Dad's know a few things. Uh, but it means a lot to kids. Growing, that's the way Jesus grew. Uh, back in my day, if, 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 if the kids had their shoes untied, we time for them together. <laughs> Nowadays, it's like, you know. Uh, and all the girls, oh, he's cool. He don't tie his shoes. That's, that's honey, because he's slipping into darkness. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're going to need shoes there. Then not only did he grow in wisdom and in stature, but it also says he grew in favor with God. That's spirituality. That's the most important part. I'm going to pray just a little bit for all the families, and I'll pray for every family, first and foremost, for spiritual life. Growing in favor with the Lord and the things of God that are so valuable, so important. Ah. Uh, See, in Jesus' family, the father was able to say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He found favor with God uh, because he grew in faith, Jesus did. He was a person of faith, and faith pleases God. That's what it means. If he, if, if he was well pleased with his son, that means that his son had faith because faith pleases God. So he grew in faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Learn to crack open your Bibles. Uh, learn to, to, to get tapes, play them at the house, Christian music, Christian sermons, because their faith can grow and evolve. Jesus, like I said, he didn't have to go to the, to the, to, out with, with his parents. But verse 41 says, every year, yearly, they went all the time, as was the custom. They were accustomed to this. Stacey Lewis was here a couple of weeks ago, and she said something. I just want to mention, at the high sign. But she told my wife, she says, you know what, man? I don't know what you guys did with your children, but what you did, you need to can it and sell it. Uh, because those children, those, and we got some good kids. So far, so God. Nobody's a cinch domino. Uh, but, you know, every one of our kids, since they were in the mother's womb, music, Christian music, always. Uh, I mean, they knew all the the salty songs. Uh, they came out, salt down. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, that was a men's home thing. Uh, but they, they, they knew, I mean, I, I used to have to sing all those songs. Some of those funny, crazy songs, the salty songs. But I knew them. I was an adult, but I knew all the salty songs. Uh, don't worry, don't worry, don't be in such a hurry. <clears throat> If you get discouraged, you'll only start to worry. If you get discouraged, 
I give it a two. You know what I mean? Uh, but the kids, they knew all. To this day, my kids, to this day, they get in the car, they know all them Christmas songs. They know a few of the other songs too, though. Because <laughs> uh, they like music. But, uh, Jay-Z, ay, ay, ay. But they've had that Christian. Spirituality has always been important. Faith pleases God. It won't be easy for a young person to grow spiritually because of the peer pressure. Because at, at the teenage level, we try to, to base our popularity on what our friends and our peers think. But really, young people, what God thinks is much more important. Uh, Howard Hendricks said, it is very eminently possible to become a big success with man, but yet a total failure with God. It's up to us who we, who, who we choose to be influenced from. Yes, it's going to be hard, the peer pressure that we have. Uh, but again, thank God for the gang ministry we have here. Uh, thank God for that. Thank God that Pastor Sonny saw the need for this years ago and his son got saved. By the way, all of Pastor Sonny's kids, all five of them were in the world at one time, together. Uh, so don't think, again, that just because, oh, my kids, don't worry about it. Just keep praying. Keep believing and trusting God. Now they're all five serving God, uh, serving the Lord. Uh, but at one time, th that's what happened. But now they came back and, and they, they've established something to counteract all that madness of the world. And the gang ministry does that. Uh, now, somebody also once said that he, he said, when I was climbing the ladder to success, it ended up, he says, when I got to the top, I found out that it was against the wrong wall. And that's what will happen to a lot of people. My son spoke a sermon here about eight months ago about a young guy who was in school with him. He says one week he'd, he'd be a cholo. Next week he'd be a banger. Next week he'd be a skateboarder. Next week, he'd be a GQ. Uh, and I know this kid. He, when I go to work out at the gym, sometimes in Fremont, he's there a lot. And he's still trying to work out. He's still trying to fit in. Uh, and I was thinking as I was putting the sermon together, I said, man, wow. You know, if he was, if he only, I knew him when he was growing up. Uh, we used to have church at his dad's house. Okay. We'd have our baptisms at, at their house. And if he would have stayed in the things of God, he he'd already, he in other words, a lot of these kids are going to end up getting saved. They're, they're going to come to him. They say, hey, man, I didn't. He could have discipled them. But he chose the wrong wall right now. Thank God that my son right now is on the right wall. A lot of these kids, when they start getting saved, they're going to say, oh, man, that, that's what we, in other words, it's happy being a Christian. This is the real thing. This is the real McCoy. Everything else is counterfeit. And once they start getting saved, they're going to say, hey, man, I want to go to Victoria. I want to learn about the things of God. I want to get them on the things of God. I want to, I want to study more of the things of God. And we'll be ready for them. Spirituality. We got to grow like that. Uh, the Bible speaks of pleasing him who has enlisted us into his kingdom. Then lastly, and this is one that I close with. is that He grew in favor with God and with man. Socially. Not only spiritually, but socially. Uh, you got to get along with people. Ask Rodney King. He knows. The only thing is he knows what to do and what to say. But that which you before me finds not. Uh, socially. It's important that we all learn to get along. See, young people are always full of life and energy, but the devil usually robs them of that life and of that energy in the wrong way with young people. Where are you from, eh? I'm from Dakota. Well, I'm from A Street. I'm from the South Side. Uh, I'm from Sur. The Bible says God has put our foot in a large room 
See, God is into enlargement. The devil's into confinement. He'll confine you. You even tattoo where you're from. The minute you get out of your hood, it's over. You can't go any clear house, you know. Uh, I mean, I, I worked with all the gangs in East LA for many years. My wife knows this. And I was in charge of a group called Varios of Christ. And they had one, the Maravillas. Oh, Jesus. Uh, they said, we don't bow down to nobody. And they don't. They're not even in the Emmet and all that stuff in prison. But out there, they're like 17 Maravillas. They all fight against each other. There's one Arizona, like about two blocks. And everybody hates them. And they're just two blocks. You know, Arizona Maravillas. You know, just four blocks tops. Uh, that's it. They can't go anywhere else because that's the way the devil is. Um, he tries to confine you. Uh, antisocial behavior. And the devil is laughing all the way to the morgue. All the way to the mortuary. That's what he's doing. But Jesus grew socially. Thank God for our ministry. Especially the kind of ministry we deal from, with. Yes, a lot of our guys used to be from this, that, and the other. But then all of a sudden we get saved. I remember one of the first street meetings we had in Decoto. And we had some of the guys from Tennyson. And they were like, oh, we can't go there. Come on, guys. Stay with me. I'll protect you. I lied. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's go. Uh, and they were like, you know, over there. And, and then, hey, I didn't used to be from here, but God changed my life. See, that's what God does. He breaks all that up. Uh, you got to grow socially as well. You got to learn to get along with your fellow man. Again, thank God for a ministry like ours. We have people from all different walks of life um, and all different types of neighborhoods, all different types of cities that they're from. But God puts them together. That's the way God wants us to grow, socially. Uh, well, you know, uh, you know, he's a preacher, I'm a preacher, and I can't get along with him because I'm going to preach more than he's going to preach, and I'm going to preach, 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 preach. <laughs> Come on. It doesn't matter who does the job. As long as the job gets done, let there be no, 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 no envies and jealousies and let it be spoken far from us. Again, can that's going to happen with a lot of our young people. Listen, young people, get along. Uh, because, man, we're going to have all kinds of preachers grow up in this church. Uh, and girls, too. Uh, but she's a lady. Well, thank God. Hallelujah. If she can preach, you're going to preach. God's going to use her. God's going to use her. The gifts of the call of God are beyond repentance. Ah, and we got to understand that to get along socially as well. So again, before I pray for all the families, the Holy Spirit's picked the most, the best parents he could have. The best son. And yet there was tension in that family. Don't think yours is going to be any different. Count it not strange when you go through family feuds. Bing! Uh, you're going to have family feuds. It's not going to be easy. But what if somebody said, you can pick your friends, not your family. You're stuck. Uh, and even in marriage. I like what somebody once said. You know, they get married and then all of a sudden, pastor, I don't know if I picked the wrong one, right one, wrong left one, right, left, I don't know, pastor. I said, brother, before you were married, you had your choice of 3.6 billion women. <laughs> That's how many women versus guys. You had a big choice. But now, 
Uh, that's it. You got to make the best of it. You got to go with it. You got to get along socially and all that stuff. Uh, so Jesus had tension in his family and he was God. How much more with us as well? But we got to learn to grow in the grace and admonition of the Lord as well and the things of God. Value your spirituality. Value those Sunday mornings with your family together. Joseph took his whole family. He didn't have to. He did it yearly every time for this feast. And there were three great feasts that would happen during those, the Jewish customs every year. Three big ones. And he always had his family there. Bring your family together. We're going to pray for your families right now. We're going to take pictures with your families right now. But value the time you spend together in God's house. I just buried my father about a year ago. Yes, he, he lost hold of me at the age of 13. But he didn't lose hold of God. And he had a hard time at, at once. But he stayed with the Lord. And he kept believing for my salvation. Then I got saved. And I'll be truthful. When I got saved, that's when my dad really started pressing in even more. He said, oh, oh. Steve's a Christian now. I can't play no hypocrite too much anymore. I got to really get it together. And that's what happens a lot of your families. Oh no, my son's, my father, my son's in the home. Oh God, I can't play church no more. Ah, I got to be a good testimony. But my dad lived for the Lord all those years. Uh, and I thank God that he got saved. Actually, I got saved first when I was five years old. They brought me to church. The lady's still alive today. She lives in Walnut Creek. Someday I pray that I could bring her here. But she's from another denomination, she says. Stevie, I can't go over there. I'm, I'm, I'm this, you know. I said, okay. Uh, but I'd like to have her here come someday because she brought me to the Lord. Then my dad got saved in an isolation ward in, in, in jail. Excuse me, in jail, in, in the hospital. Almost the same thing. Uh, <laughs> because back in those days, man, you, they couldn't come out. 18 months in isolation because of the, the TB that he had. They didn't know how to handle it at that time. But when he got out, he lived for the Lord. Uh, and man, no finer moments than I can remember is when we were together in church. Uh, then at the funeral, we were all together in church. All of us reflected with lumps on our throats when he had brought us to that very church. Thank God that we have bought our own place, people. This is the place that's going to be home for, for forever here, more than likely. Because we're going to build this way and that way. But there's a lot of history here. Uh, even if we have to do your wedding here. It'll be a great place. Uh, whatever. Everything here. Because it takes a family. That's what God chose. I want every head bowed. And every eye closed. Father. We even called you Father because it's a spiritual family. But you deal with our physical family as well. You've chosen to nourish your son while he was here on this planet through a family. A blended family at that. Mary and Joseph. Joseph was not his father. You were. And even then, they had trouble. Even then, they had turmoil. But yet, they had peace. Because of your Holy Spirit. In just a few moments, I'm going to pray for peace. That surpasses all understanding upon every family and household represented here. They're going to take their pictures, Lord God, and remember and reflect that day, today, December 10th, the year 2000. They would be able to show the world their family. And Lord, you've chosen this date on this calendar for his family prayer and photo day. 
how you moved in the nine o'clock with these people. And I know that you'll do the same with the 11 o'clock. I thank you for every family represented here. That we would all join socially together as one large family. Not tension free. Because we have our, our times, our troubles and our trials. But let us see through all that and go on and look to you, the author and refiner of our faith. If Jesus was able to come to those solemn moments of Jewish celebration, Lord God, may us as parents deem that important for our children and grow in wisdom and stature and favor with, with you and with our fellow man. May our teenagers grow as such. May our children grow as such. Thank you for children's church. They can develop friends to young people here. And Lord, even as a side note in my prayer, I pray that we would have a place of recreation here for our kids with swing sets. They need that. Make a place in the architect's plan to have a swing set here someplace for our children. They would love coming to church, singing your songs as Jesus did. As Isaiah says, walking on the way up to Jerusalem singing songs Christian songs thank you for dying on the cross for our sins before I pray for the families I want to pray for any of you that are here every head is bowed and every eye closed you see I need to get